This presentation is from Design Research 2021, Day 3. So today I'm actually talking slide-free. Uh, and um, you know, some, sometimes speakers rewrite their talks at the last minute, and usually that means they futz with their slides. I actually rewrote my talk at the last minute, which just meant that I wrote it on index cards in like handwriting that I can actually read. Um, my topic today is presenting design work. Uh, so that's what I'm going to cover with you over the next uh, 20 minutes or so. Um, and uh, the reason I, you know, am a person who can talk about this thing is that in being a designer for an exceptionally long amount of time, uh, I have clearly spent a lot of my time standing on my feet, <laughs> sitting on my bum, headphones in, headphones out, uh, showing off things that... Uh, that, that, that I have created um, or that my team's created or that somebody else has created. Uh, I've also uh, led designers uh, and I've also grown and taught designers uh, in, in making their presentations better. So that's what, we're, that's what I'm going to cover off. Now, the reason that I think that this is um, both a, a thing to talk about generally and a thing to, for me to put a bit of emphasis on is that um, we present... Like we present a lot. Like I have literally spent oh, already this week five hours um, showing work back to my clients and stakeholders. Uh, uh, and, you know, over my career, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours sh showing work. And it's not just that we present a lot, but that the presentations we do are what people make decisions with. Um, so if we, you know, mess up a presentation, uh, the decision that you wanted out of that may not happen. So it's, it's super important for, for that reason as well. And the other reason to talk about it is I don't think people are taught to do this. Um, I certainly don't see it in um, the education programs that have been otherwise developed that I teach, and I don't see it developed, uh, sorry, uh, taught in other education programs. I think a lot of designers um, either kind of pick it up as they go or they don't pick it up as they go. Uh, so it's also worth talking about things like that, that we're not necessarily, you know, kind of structure, structuring into our education. Now, there's a couple of just like, uh, I just want to like sort of wrap, to wrap this in some context so you understand what I mean by a presentation because the advice I give is for a particular style of presentation. So here today I'm talking about when we're presenting um, uh, designs to particularly people like clients and stakeholders. That means I am not talking about presenting designs to your colleagues uh, and uh, in, a, in a critique -y kind of way because that you will do in a different way to what I, some advice I'm going to give in a moment. So presenting to clients and, and stakeholders um, and I'm primarily talking about like things like wireframes and prototypes, design concepts, not necessarily research, though there's certainly tips here that will help you present research better, and not necessarily like uh, something like brand, which uh, I don't do, but uh, when I see it presented, it has an entirely different way of telling the story. So um, not that. So that's just some, uh, some wrapping, uh, wrapping, you know, the talk in a bit of context so you know what I'm actually talking about um, in presenting design work. So I'm going to cover three things. Um, and sorry if you're looking down at my notes, but, you know, I need them. That's why they're there. Um, I, should have, I should have stuck them on my wall like a teleprompter. That would have been good, wouldn't it? 
Uh, I'm going to cover off how to prepare the audience for your presentation, um, how you can actually present so that, you know, you present really well, they understand what you're talking about, and exceptionally importantly, how to teach your audience how to give good feedback. Uh, and I'll explain why that is super important in a couple of spots as I go. So there are kind of three uh, three main topics. I feel like then I should have that, like, you know, slide that says next section, um, but I just have to do it with voice. So next section, audience prep. That's what my, that's what my, 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 my notes say. So um, uh this may not, you may not even kind of think about this, but I think this is really, really, really important to do, to prepare the audience to both watch a presentation and to think about giving good feedback. And the reason that I think it's worth, like, really putting deliberate effort into doing this um, is that it is, it's, it, it's good to think about this from your audience's perspective and understand what their experience might be uh, in a way that then you can make sure that you achieve your goals by thinking about their experience. Like we spend a lot of time thinking about our user's experience and I don't know that we spend as much time thinking about our clients and stakeholders and colleagues' experiences. So this is important for that reason. Um, so firstly, like they're there in the room whether that's again a virtual room or a real room, uh, to um, contribute to a project and to help out. They're there to, uh, like, lend their expertise. They're there to um, check on reality. Um, sometimes they're there to actually give approval and sign off and say, yes, we're good to go. Um, in a lot of cases, though, these folks, um, unless you've been working with them for a long while, they may have never actually been, been involved in a, a project like this. They may not have been involved in a design project. They don't really kind of know what it is. Uh, here comes a cat. Um, they uh, don't know what you're asking them. They don't quite know what you're showing them and they don't know how to good, give good feedback. So we want to put, a, put effort into understanding their experience, knowing where they come from, so that you're communicating with them well. So firstly, you need to understand who is actually going to be in, the, like, receiving the presentation. Uh, like, just, you know, completely, literally, who is there? Um, but then also, uh, why are they there? Like, what's their connection? Um, why have they been invited? And um, what do they care about? Like, what matters to them? Uh, uh, and, and what kinds of things are going to be going through their mind? Um, and then once you know that, what you should do at the beginning of a presentation is give them a job to do. So everybody in the room should have a job to do. Uh, and this might look like saying, so-and-so, while I show you this, please keep an eye out for these things that relate to your expertise. You keep an eye out for these other things that relate to your other expertise. Be really deliberate about this. Like tell people what their job is in the room um, relate it to the reason that they're there and what they can contribute. And then when they're looking at the thing you're about to show, instead of just kind of them thinking through, like kind of, oh, I don't know what's going on, I don't know about like this colour, they'll be like, okay, right, I'm going to look for my stuff. I'm going to contribute my stuff. So give people jobs that relate to what they do. 
uh, it sounds like a kind of funny thing, but the first time you do it, it'll be really, really, uh, it'll, change, it'll change your presentations. Um, and it also immediately makes them feel valued and understood. Like they, they know why, you're, why they're there um, and that you value their experience. So thinking about presenting, like actually doing your presentation end to end, um, the first, you know, the first part to explain is the problem that you're solving. Don't dive into showing a solution before you reiterate the problem. This does a couple of things. It um, sets the context. Um, it can give a bit of scope if you're, you know, making, if you're trying not to, uh, if you're, you know, showing something specific and not going out those boundaries. Um, and it also lets you reflect back and show that you've understood what you've been asked to do. So it does a couple of things there that starts building confidence. So first explain, you know, what, what is the problem you're solving using the terminology that your client uses as well. So show that you understand and understand the jargon. So uh, first counterintuitive tip, start, <laughs> start at the end. And what I mean by that is show the solution that you came up with. Uh, and you still might be thinking, yeah, duh. But the thing I often see is people showing the process they went through. So they'll say, uh, since we last talked to you, we did this research and then I did this thing and I sketched this stuff and that didn't work so well and then I sketched this other thing and that also didn't work so well, but then we got to here. And I have, I mean, you might be going, nobody does that. I have literally seen so many designers do this and me like watching them as a you know, stakeholder or a manager, I'm like, uh, what am I meant to be looking at? Uh, so instead of showing anything in between your start point and your end point, just show your end point. Just show the thing that you came up with. So the, 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 the conversation thread is then, here is the problem that we attempted to solve. Here is the solution. Uh, if people want to know what happened in that middle bit, uh, they will ask you good questions. Um, uh, about it. Uh, now, the thing that, <laughs> that that people often say to me, and I'm not looking at Q&A, but this is the thing that usually pops up right now, is like people go, but I need to show my process to show my value. And my answer to that is you need to show your solution to show your value. Honestly, most people don't care about your process. Um, they might care that you've considered particular things and they will ask about those. But process does I think it's like rarely matters to the people on the other end that are listening to you. So also in the presentation, the way to actually show off this thing um, is to present it as a person doing a thing. Uh, and again, you might be like, yeah, sure. But what I see most people do, and I actually did this yesterday, but for a really particular reason, um, what most people do is show the screens they've come up with. So they do what's called a real estate tour. So there's the logo and there's a filter and there's the carousel with the products in it and here's a map and here's a thing and then we go to the next page. I have to be careful not to chop with my hands. And um, here's another thing and there's the product and there's the related stuff uh, and give it like a real estate tour of the, of the page. And what happens with that is that people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa what am I looking at? If you do the, uh, uh, like, a scenario-based approach where you show a person doing a thing, so what you do is you say, okay, and this is the example I use in my book, 
because um, I'm really bad at making up examples on the fly. Uh, Jared has a three-year-old and uh, who's growing out of their clothes um, and needs to buy new clothes. He likes to buy secondhand because kids' clothes are expensive and also just likes to buy secondhand. So he wants to find stores nearby that sell secondhand clothes. Um, he goes to this thing, whatever the thing is, and he sees this thing and he's like, okay, that's a good store. Let me learn about that. Um, and he looks to see um, how close it is and whether it's got parking, et cetera, et cetera. So you tell a story of a person doing a thing and show the screens or whatever your designs are um, as it goes. And then, this is also counterintuitive, then you go back to the start and you do it all over again. You might like vary it a tiny bit so it doesn't sound like you're literally repeating yourself. But what's happening in the stakeholders' heads is, what's going on? Because <laughs> to you it won't feel fast, but to them, they've never seen it before. So they're doing, I, there must be a, a cognitive principle that I don't know the name of, where the first time you do anything, it feels really slow. Sorry, opposite, it feels really fast. And the second time you do it, like it feels, I'm probably getting that backwards, but you know what I mean. Um, so show them through once, go back to the beginning and show them through again. The second time, because they're oriented, they understand the story and they've started to see some of the screens, they can actually start paying attention and really focusing on what they're looking at and the tasks that you've given them. And then you might do a third run through, potentially showing like an alternate um, uh, like mode or showing it for people who uh, uh, have um, different abilities. Uh, so you can do, the, do it that a third time, but definitely do it twice. If you run through something once and then ask for feedback, people are still reeling from it going, oh, I don't know what happened there. So give it, give it some time. Um, if you need to show off something, like really focus in on a piece that you want some detailed feedback, again, go through the, the scenario first and then go back and say, and so now I want to show you how the map works in a bit more detail because then they've got it in a, in a scenario in their, in their context and can and know where to, where, where to focus. <clears throat> so the last uh, chunk of this, um, as I foreshadowed, uh, is all about getting good feedback from your clients. So um, I would imagine that everybody here has had a moment in their career where they've asked for feedback and you've gotten weird questions weird comments, things that you thought were already resolved, um, things are just like, uh, I don't have, I have no idea why you're even asking me that. It seems to have nothing to do with what I showed. Uh, and the reason that this happens is when we haven't primed our audience up front, given them jobs, and they're like, oh, I'm in the room and I'm clearly here for a reason and I've got to contribute something. Um, and some of the other reason it can happen, especially if you're giving feedback on something that you think is resolved, is that you haven't given them time to reflect and give feedback properly in previous processes. Um, so that's why you can get bad feedback. But also, as I said at the beginning, a lot of our stakeholders have never done this before. They don't know what feedback looks like. So if you just say, there's a thing, give me some feedback, like what are they meant to be saying to you? So instead of doing that, um, uh, again, if you've set them up at the beginning, you show them through the thing in a scenario-based way, then at the end you can say, so 
the things I asked you to look for were this, this, and this. Um, can you uh, can you let me know what your experience was related to those topics, and um, you know encourage them to give like concrete, detailed feedback, not just oh, I don't think this will work. Well, why won't it work? Who won't it work for? What's the thing that I don't know about? So get them to be really concrete and specific. And as they, uh, uh, as they, you know, give feedback, they'll learn from each other. But don't ever get to the end and say, so did you like it? Or what do you think? Like, if you ask those questions, if I mess up even when I know this process and accidentally ask those questions, I get weird answers. I get things that are unrelated to expertise, unrelated to experience. Um, the other super, super, super important thing to do with feedback is don't ask people to sit through a presentation, write stuff on sticky notes, and then kind of brainstorm it on the wall to solve it. Um, it's too quick. They need to understand what they've seen, reflect on it, think about it, think about the context and, you know, what, what, what else might matter, and then give feedback. So I'm the one who will raise things that, you know, the, the team think are resolved because if they've made me go through it and give feedback at the time, I walk out of the meeting going, yeah, but oh, I won't work with that data and the content doesn't really support it and I know this other thing that you probably don't know and I'm going to come back next meeting and I literally do this to people and, and I say, I know, I know you think you've, like, wrapped that up, but here are all the, all the other things I thought about in between because I can't do it on my feet really quickly. So... Give people time to go away and give feedback. And this, of course, then means setting up a mechanism to do it. Um, but, you know, that, that's, that's part of your work is to set up a mechanism to let feedback happen. The other really important thing to do um, here with feedback is to have a, like a good and rigorous process in your team around what do you do with it? Like how do you assess it? How do you say... Um, we're going to take this one on and accept it and do something about it. We're going to park this one. We're going to not do that one. Uh, uh, and then communicate back to you know, clients and stakeholders what you've done with their feedback. Because if you have asked, even with a good structure, you ask for feedback, they've given it to you, and you appear to have ignored it, they're not going to do it twice. They might do it twice. They're certainly not doing it three times. If you have set up a structured feedback process, have asked for feedback, have listened to it and have clearly said, thank you, this is what we heard, this is what we're doing about it. These are the things we're not doing anything about because they will respect you. They may not like that you're not doing anything about their things, but they will at least understand that their contribution went into a process um, and that you have reasons for excluding their suggestions. And that actually needs rigour in a team and a process and it needs a really good understanding of, like, what you're doing and why you're doing it, but that'll make you better as, um, as designers anyway. So they're my three big tips. Prepare the audience ahead of time. So both prepare for the audience and prepare them to be ready to give feedback. Um, start at the end of the work. I've got four tips. <laughs> Show a person doing a thing, um, not a real estate tour of the screens, four fingers, and set up a structured feedback process. And that's, and, oh, hang on here, I, I get to say another thing. I wrote a book.
Let me just grab one. Here it is. It's called Presenting Design Work. And you can find it on the internet for about $10, like cheaper than a glass of wine at a bar. So I don't have a discount code because it's super cheap. Um, it's skinny. Look how skinny it is. You can read it in, uh, I don't know, probably two times as much as you can listen to me talk about it. I always forget to do the self-promotional bit, like which is literally what talking yes. is about. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, Donna.